This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Welcome campers to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling presents the 2023 Halloween Hellscape Listener Stories Extravaganza. We are your hosts, I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. Happy Halloween, Ryan. Happy Halloween. We've made it. Another year. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) I I don't know if I would use finally in that saying, you know, it's the month. The month of October is one of the best, you know. I will admit the weather is glorious. The weather's glorious. I've turned another year older. Yes. It's Halloween. I mean, you're now what, 44? At least. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm basically pushing 50 now. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Before I every 40. time, Every time someone asks how old my wife is, I'm like, she's almost 40. And she gives me a side eye. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I say. Like, I, I'm always, I'm pushing 40. Yeah. Because you can same. never go back. <laughs> it's true. That's always, the thing. always, always looking forward. I mean, I don't know if I'm looking forward, but I have no choice but to be moving forward here. It's true. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I wish I could go back to being a kid. Going back to those Halloween nights where it's nice and cool. You get to go out with your friends and family trick-or-treating. Yep. Having, I mean, I still dress up, but still having a reason to dress up and not being like, am I too old for this? No, I'm not too old for this. But you know, not back then. <laughs> I uh, I went uh, this year. I dressed up as Pizza King, like the entire establishment. No, <laughs> as a Pizza King. <laughs> oh, but yes, I was Pizza King, like like the restaurant. <laughs> if you're from Indiana, gotcha. you'll know what we're talking about. But uh, my outfit was I I dressed. It was a piece of, a pizza slice. Yeah, and then I had a crown. Nice. And I just waited for people to put it together, and it was—I mean, it was—it was perfect. It was instant; like everybody knew exactly what it was. Good, yeah, good, yeah. If you're not from Indiana, then you don't know that Pizza King is the number one best pizza in the Midwest. Literally is. I mean, Nothing I would like to close. say it's the number one pizza of all time. Yeah, but have you had like a New York slice in I New mean, York? I've not had New York, but I have had Chicago-style pizza in Chicago. Like a good deep I mean, dish? I love a good deep dish, yes. Me too, but it's it's not the same thing. I don't it's think definitely it's fair not the to, same thing, right. It's it's yeah. not a fair comparison. No. Because it's a, a fucking square of deep dish is like, you're almost eating lasagna. Like, oh, with like, at least two layers of just cheese. And then, oh man. 
Never shit again. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, for me, I I, uh, I have a dairy problem, so that doesn't stop me. Oh yeah, I guess it's the opposite. <laughs> yes, it is. And it sucks. Um, but you know what? I like cheese that much. I'm willing to volunteer. <laughs> just pay the price. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. So um, we're here for for spooky stories. We are. Um, in addition to reading your listener stories, we're going to be reading from a book recently published by Mallory Sawinski and Carly Latham. Um, it's called Dark Village, and it's a, uh, a super sweet anthology. Which you happen to be a part of, of. stories. I do. Yeah. I have a story in it. Sorry, spoiler alert, but uh, yeah. <laughs> So you can expect one of our stories tonight will be from yours truly over here. We have, um, the book actually features quite a few friends of the show. So it's, it's really exciting. It's, it's a solid ass, scary as fuck anthology. You should absolutely go to the, uh, link in the show description and go buy a copy. Yeah. Support your friends. And just all these awesome people in the community. Absolutely. So where do you want to start? You know, that's a good question. It's also a loaded question. So how about we uh, we start with one from the, the anthology? Just to get her going. Excellent. Yeah. I think an appropriate first story would be one from the anthology written by a friend of the show. She's been on tons of fireside chats she's uh done some voice work in one of our stories um heather Mosier. all right and her uh her story is called the wendigo there it goes again another bloody corpse the hunt is over i am safe another day i used to be terrified during this time of year right after the first snowfall During the winter, I have to focus on finding the scarce food not already taken by the unending appetite of the frost. It isn't a simple task, and it is made no easier by those creatures who walk on two legs, hunkered down, motionless, lying in wait for me to be so focused on finding my next meal that I lose sense of myself and surroundings. I spent most of my time running from the stinging bites that fly out of their fire sticks, I have seen what happened to my friends. I could not let it happen to me. You know what creatures I mean. They are out for my meat, taking my food for their bellies, taking my head as a trophy and bragging rights. I used to live on the edge constantly. There were few moments of rest. My senses grew keen. They were honed for the scent and the sounds of footfalls on the snow. That was until it came. It changed everything. When it came to my part of the forest shortly before the first snowfall of the year, it looked just like the ones who carry the sticks of fire, except it was weaker, smaller. Unlike the ones who carry the fire sticks, it wasn't alone. It had another with it. There were two of them. They seemed lost. They took some of my berries and a couple of squirrels, but that wasn't enough to sustain them. The snow and bitter cold set it shortly after they arrived. That was over a year ago now, 
I remember when it changed. One day there were two of them. The next, it was all that was left. It was different. It didn't look weak and frail anymore. It moved faster. Faster than even I can run. It was stronger. Like night and day. The fear in its eyes erased. But the hunger, well the hunger is insatiable. It is because it's hunger that I no longer have to worry for my life. It may be difficult to see the carnage it leaves behind. The trails of blood crisscrossing through the snow. The pieces of raw meat and the smell as it rots. But it's a small price to pay to eat freely. I am protected now that it is here. For that I am thankful. I like that one. Yeah. That's super solid. Heather has such a cool style. Yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah. And I like it it paints the scene very well, but it also makes it like just feel very ominous and very like dangerous at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's like a vagueness about it that makes it even right. scarier. Yeah, I think you know that's I mean? probably better than, yeah. but the better way to put it rather. Yeah, it's um it's a pretty scary yeah. story. Like it's easy to forget because, like, the language is pretty. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's written in, like, a pretty way, but, like, the actual scene of what's going on is yeah, fucking terrifying. Sure. Like, yeah. Which just makes it all the better. <laughs> Absolutely. Hats off to Heather, because that, that's... I think that's probably my favorite story in, yeah. in the anthology. They get, like... there's a, There are a ton of different styles, and, like... You know, some of it's like um, comparing, you know, I pizza mean, yeah, to deep dish. Of course. <laughs> I know some yeah. of the some of the ones I, I've seen or read through have been completely completely different from from each other. So Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I just have like a personal love of Heather's style. Yeah, it's written it's written so, beautifully. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. That's a good start. Thank you. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take that compliment for myself. <laughs> well thought out start we've we covered the wendigo right yeah. wendigo was quite a while it's, back it's like it's such a terrifying concept and story in itself to use yep. that like just just the way i mean just the way that she did yeah i mean it 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 just it adds to it like it, it's almost i don't know how to explain it but it's like comforting but at the same time it's terrifying yeah, I know what so you mean. It, it's really hard to yeah. kind of put into words. But like and I love like it's so fucking classy the fact that the word Wendigo only exists in right. the title. It's never, never actually spelled out exactly. in the story. Yeah. Because I mean, you're not supposed to say its name regardless, right? That's true. So, yeah. That's perfect. And also, who the fuck knows what the narrator is? Who or even what the narrator yeah. is? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't have a name for it. They just know it as it, mm-hmm. that thing. Yeah, right. Or an animal, a person living that's in the forest, living amongst these thing. Um, yeah, it's hard right. to say. Could it? Yeah, that's what's that's awesome. cool. Yeah, that's. I think that's that vagueness. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's a beautiful story. Agreed. Agreed. And scary as fuck. <laughs> Let's see. You want to do a, a listener story? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. We'll say ahead of time. All the listener stories that we'll be reading today are anonymous. Unfortunately, no one gets credit. But <laughs> they don't I want mean, it. That's, that's okay. I, yeah. That's what we said. I mean, if you don't, if you don't want, you know, if you don't want your name out there, whatever else, you just want to supply us with a story. Yep. Go for it. 
because we're here for it. Absolutely. Well, you want to go again or you want me to? You can. All right. So we'll be reading one called Black Figure Crawling Towards Me. Towards. I know. <laughs> I'm going to try not to rip apart <laughs> listeners' um, writing skills or... No, it doesn't. I mean, it's it's the story of is the thing, right? We're here for the story. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. I have been living in my house now for a little over three months. From the day me and my husband moved in, I would always see a black shadow out of the corner of my eye. I was seven months pregnant when we moved in, and I was super eager to set up the nursery. Well, as soon as the crib and everything was in the nursery, I would always see the black figure entering the nursery. And I always knew that black shadows are mostly never a good entity, so I ignored it and always acted like I didn't see anything. My husband is also not the type of person who believes in the paranormal, so I just always kept things to myself. Things didn't get bad until I gave birth to my son. Now whatever it is mimics his cries and my husband, who never believed it, is also starting to hear it. We both just ignore it, but always share a look. But tonight was the first time where I couldn't ignore it. I had been struggling with postpartum depression and I decided to just take a nice relaxing shower while my husband and son were both asleep. The whole time I was in the shower I felt like eyes were on me. When I got out I felt better and decided to wash some bottles. As I'm washing bottles I felt something behind me touch my back. I just assumed it was my husband, but then I saw something black on the ground crawling toward me. I immediately jumped back and it was gone. I ran into our bedroom and woke my husband up freaking out. He told me it was probably just from my lack of sleep and to go to bed. But I know what I saw. And now I'm definitely not sleeping tonight. That's fucking terrifying. Right? Yeah. I mean, especially... Dude, that, that mimicking... That's the shit that gets me too. Like, yeah, I, we've 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 told stories in the past, uh, whether it be Friday Night Frights or Lights Out on our Patreon or whatever else, where there were a couple stories that we talked about, and one in particular I remember that was, uh, and I can't remember if it was a Friday Night Fright or if it was a Lights Out, but there was a story about um, this kid being upstairs in their bedroom or something and heard like the mom or uh, one of the parents calling out for him. But they knew, like, yeah. the mom was supposed, or that parent was supposed to be gone. And so, you know, they, like, they go out and they are looking around and no one's to be seen or anything or whatever. And then just keep hearing, like, this person calling their name that sounds just like, you know, one of the parents. Yep. Finally, like, ends up coming to their door, like, trying to bang on the door and get in and acting like a parent. And they they call the mom or the, whoever it is. And they're still out. So, like. Yeah. They're on the exactly. phone with the mom while they hear their mom's like, voice dude, through their that, bedroom oh, door. That gives me, like, goosebumps thinking about it. <sighs> oh. I know, Like, dude. that just. That, oh, that so concept, dark. that idea of being able to mimic someone and do it so well yeah. that it, I mean, can make you obviously second guess or think that it is that person it's just yeah that doppelganger shit it's terrifying it really is it is it like that's one of those things that just instant goosebumps Mm -hmm. like and instantly uncomfortable about the whole concept and there's there's been a couple stories that we've told you know like that too yeah and there was it's also it's also one of the scariest parts of a lot of folklore creatures like that supposedly have that ability yeah it's just extremely unsettling it's like i mean that's up there with like ghost children for me you know 
that yeah. seeing somebody in my backyard <laughs> sure. or looking in the face in the, the window. window or in the mirror you're you're yeah. expressing expression changing in the mirror that's not your own which is more doppelganger exactly shit. true yeah like yeah ugh. it's, it's ugh. stupid <laughs> so i'm so uneasy that. now that's that's crazy as like okay aside from the doppelganger stuff you're someone who saw shadow oh, yeah. figures for yeah, a I've very seen, long I've time i've seen a lot right? of shadow figures have you ever had one that wasn't like that didn't seem to be on a loop like have you had one that seemed sentient and like seemed to I notice mean, you there was there was one and i and i told this story at one point um i was hanging out with this girl dating i don't know what you want to call it um so i was at her house uh, and she lived she still lived with her parents at that point and one night we were just we were watching a movie or i don't know might have been playing playing a game or something and I see this shadow come down from the stairs, like it, like almost like coming down physically from the stairs and then literally like climb up the wall. And this is something, I mean, she said that they saw like this thing a lot, but it like, it seemed very, I I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was just me, but it seemed obvious, like uh, not like oblivious to us, but like seemed to obviously notice us and like, it was almost there like toying with us, but and then after that, it, yeah, it basically just vanished and it was gone. You know. Now, when you say crawled up the wall, do you mean it like you saw it in like a Spider-Man so, pose? I don't going up the wall. See, and that's the thing. I I try to I try to think back because I remember it going up the wall, but I don't I don't I don't know if it was like Spider-Maning it up there or whatever else. Like I I I can't seem to like recall that. I remember it just like going up the wall and basically just disappearing into the wall or the ceiling or whatever it was. So I don't know if it just like okay. went up and like maybe the shadow just ascended up or whatever. I, whatever it was. Yeah. So yeah, I, okay. I mean it's and it's been a long time too. So I. But you've never had a shadow figure like rush you, not like run at you. I don't you, think at me or come at you. And I used to, I used to have that one. Like I told you, that was literally on loop circles around yeah, around the downstairs. I mean it was like yeah, but it was like always there and it seemed like it i mean it didn't seem like it was just like i don't know that one that one was weird because again it didn't seem like it was just doing like this like cycle or this loop thing but it did the same thing all the time but like i remember there were times where like i felt i felt like i I was fearing for my life so i don't know if it was just panic in the moment or whatever else or again just literally always my eyes playing tricks on me who knows really at this point i can't say for sure but right you know right See, when I asked you that question, I immediately thought of the one that used to live in your closet. The one that would come out of the closet and come as I, over as to a, you in as your I bed. As I was a kid. Yeah, he would ride a little yeah. tricycle around my room. Yeah, I, yeah. That's that's how it was always described Like to this day. That's that's what I hear. Yeah. Um, that's why. So I get, I mean... Was that was that a was that a shadow or was that like a physical apparition? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I don't right. remember yeah. that specifically. Like, I can I can place pieces of that that house in that time period in my head, but I was I was very very young. Yeah. Um. You know, so like it's basically right. stories that I I hear and being so descriptive of like what we talk about and you know talking to that little boy all the time. So you know that's basically what I can go off of at this point. So like. Would you offer any advice to handling shadow figures, to seeing shadow um, figures, to this listener? I'm probably the wrong person to offer advice on it, uh, because I always dealt with it by blocking it out or ignoring it. Yeah, like, you think ignoring honestly. it helped? I mean, because 
I think I think a lot of things, uh, you know, if you if you do yeah. pay attention to them, and maybe and maybe that's the better way to go. Maybe it's it's something that's crying out. Maybe, but again, I always I agree. I take shadows as something negative, like some form of negative energy or whatever else. And I feel like if you do pay mind yeah. to that, or if you open up to that, feed it, whatever else, I think you're just opening yourself up to the potential for that negative energy, whatever that may be, right? Yeah. But I think you shouldn't fear, like, people that have, you know, live with ghosts or whatever else like that. I I don't think you should, you should completely block that out. I think you should be open to it, and you should be open to it in the best way possible. Until, obviously, something negative happens, and then, yeah, maybe uh, take some action. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and cleansing. cleansing is a, a massive okay. thing that anybody can do. And that's something like, yeah, if I move into a new house, I cleanse it every, you know, every time, like white, white sage smudge sticks, yeah, leaving same. like the westernmost window opening or opened and literally just pushing everything out, pushing all that bad energy out and leaving a really positive energy. In. Yeah. If only just exactly. to set your intentions yeah. mm-hmm. for the home, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, think that, that, can that be really approach comforting. can be done it, in a case like this, too. Setting those positive intentions, letting that okay. thing know that's yeah. lurking in the shadows, that you're there to be positive. You're not yeah. willing to welcome any negative energy around you, your family, your child, your husband. Yeah. And I think that's that's a good approach, too. Right. Yeah. I always like um, our friends in uh, Belief Hole podcast. They always say, yeah. starve your ghouls. Like... Just let them yeah. know. Like I said, you're not unless it's get something really here. positive. Yeah, absolutely. Like my Jimmy, my my house guest. I mean, it's been here longer than I have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's he it's, seems like a good guy. Oh, dude. The other night, laying in bed. So I'm, I'm, I'm playing guitar, and I'm I'm just sitting there. Um, well, I guess yeah, we were we were sitting there, like the TV's on, quiet in the background, and I'm just kind of playing guitar really lightly. All of a sudden, there's just this knock, 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 knock. Yeah. Sounded like it came from my front door. So I immediately pop on my ring camera. There's nothing out there. I look around. I I immediately run downstairs. I go outside, look all around my house. I go out the back, look in my backyard, everywhere. Check up and up, you know, all throughout the house for anything. Nothing. Yeah. Clear as day, a knock that sounded like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Literally sounded like a knock on a door, and it, it was. It was really weird. That's fucked up. And there was nothing, nothing there. And so after that, I was like, "Look, you're gonna do do shit to like mess with us. We're not into it." Yeah. You know, like we're here to be to be you know like positive. We're here. You know, you're welcome here. Whatever else, but just you know, don't be a creep. <laughs> exactly. Let's yeah, keep it that's always my my approach to anything yeah. any kind of weird shit happens. But man, that was weird. Like, yeah, one hundred percent. Like, I bet it sounded sound like weird. somebody was literally knocking on the front door. So, yeah. Here's my question. So, you're and we've talked about this a billion times, but yeah. you're the kind of person who checks behind the shower curtain when you go in the bathroom, right? When you're in that situation where there's a knock at your door, it's nighttime. You go outside. You said you went outside and checked around your house, all that. When you go out the door to check, do you lock the door behind you? (laughs) Oh, dude. That's something that freaks me out in horror movies. 
I'm looking toward the door. Like I'm, I'm, I'm always staying around there. So I'm, I'm right there. If anything was to come okay. through, it's gonna have to literally go past me or around me to go through it. So because like I can literally look okay. all around my yeah, house yeah. just by walking into my front yard, which I have a perfect yeah. view of my front door, everything. Yep. So okay. it's it always like. It yeah. amazes me in horror movies. I, That's one of those things where people will go out the front door and they'll leave right. the damn yep. door open. They'll like walk out onto their porch with the door still open. And I'm like, something they'll, could like, easily walk, slip like, in behind you and just go right and, in the door. You know, yeah, anything could get yeah. out of that. No, I mean, yeah. I, I would never. Uh, if I yeah. was going to go out and be out for an extended yeah. period of time or be like literally, I mean, going every single angle, whatever, yeah, I'd probably lock it. But, you know. Um,. But yeah, I mean, I'm also like, I, I'm very you know apprehensive walking in, checking behind the shower curtain and all this other shit too. But at the same time, I walk out like, yeah. I, you know, like I've got like guns of steel or something. Like I'm about to literally save the day <laughs> and something happens. I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but awesome. I try to, I got, I put on that macho facade. And then, like, you if I was to, seeing anything, I'd probably, situations. you know, scream, like, super high-pitched like, and just pee myself. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It. I mean, honestly, I think the, like, the, like, home intruder situation is, like... Oh, yeah. You Agreed. have... It's a fake mm-hmm. it till you make it situation. Like, you have to yeah. put on I mean, the, like, I'm gonna kill someone. Be, I mean, face, obviously... You know what I mean? You know, don't, don't go out there and put yourself in harm's way. Like, you know, I... It, I, but essentially, I mean, you know, I, I guess that's what I'm doing. But at the same time, like, I feel like if you're if you're able to stand your ground yeah. and you know whatever else, I mean, it can you have a good chance of scaring anything away, whether it's an intruder, whether it's like somebody just yeah. trying to break in, whatever else, like you know, um, yep. Or even if it's right. just like a little varmint yeah. fucking around, you know what I mean, at your door, yeah. Um, I just feel like, especially if you have like a wife and kids yeah. in the house, you have to get out of that bed. You have to be the protector, preparing to beat someone mm-hmm. to death if you have and that's to. That's how I was raised. Exactly. You know, like that's yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah, same, same. But yeah, man, that knock yeah. was so weird. It's it's a weird situation though because I'm so like I'm so not that guy for ninety nine point nine percent of confrontation my life. as much as you know what I mean? Like you know, completely I'm, possible and Yep. Right. Completely anti violence. Yep. But like in that situation you have to be completely prepared to beat yeah. someone to I mean, death in your in your you living know, room. If need be. Yeah, you, know? you gotta do what you gotta do to protect you and your own, right? Yep. For sure. You ready for the next listener story? Yeah, yeah All right. let's do another one. So, what do you got? This one was sent anonymously. Um and they titled the email something i still can't explain about 25 years ago i was living with my mom and brother in our home we lived in a mobile home and there's tons of stuff that i experienced over the years that i can't explain growing up in the 90s i was a latchkey kid i would come home with my brother and the rule was basically just to hang out and avoid getting into any trouble most of the time that time was split between tv and my super nintendo that's a good way to live yeah It is. It's a good childhood. It was fall, and I decided on Nintendo. For some reason, my brother went with my mom that day, and I was home alone, and that was fine. I was playing Nintendo and minding my business. Mind you, I'm completely alone. 
Then I heard a steady knocking at my brother's bedroom door. I didn't think much of it. I assumed it was simply my dog. Maybe she'd gotten locked in his room. But at that moment, I was feeling pretty lazy and didn't feel like getting up to check. I mean... Classic teenager. Yeah, like, dogs make noises. <laughs> you get used to, like, the sound of, like, the dog scratching yeah. the door, or maybe it's, like, tail thumping on something, whatever, you know? Yep. But that knock, uh, just like I was talking yeah. about on my front door, oh, yeah. like, you can't, you can't I, disregard I that. It's weird. It's true. The knocking started to get louder and more frequent. I yelled for the dog to go lay down, and it stopped. Ten minutes later, the knocking came back, and this time it was much louder. I got up, walked across the hallway, and opened my brother's room, and found nothing. I assumed the dog was in the corner behind the bed. I shut the door and went into the kitchen, and my dog came out of the kitchen and greeted me. She was never in my brother's room. It's a small thing. Objectively, it could have been some noise from outside the house on the other side of my brother's room. It could have been the furnace making a weird noise. But I can say that I never heard that noise again. And I think the fact that nearly 30 years later, I still think about the feeling of that moment when I lay down to sleep at night has to mean something. I don't know. I love your show and I love the way you guys think about this kind of stuff. What do you think? I think... uh I think there's something there, bud. Yeah. And I think he hit on the most important point. The fact that he's still thinking about it 30 years later, I think means it it was, I'm surprised that nothing else has occurred though. The fact that he has thought about it since. Yeah. I think again, once you open up that door to the potential, right? This is again, we talked about this a lot too, but I think it never, yeah it's never not worth repeating at least like i mean once you open up that door to the potential i think there's you're allowing for that to be a possibility but maybe that's that's what ultimately led to it not happening again you know they finally like went in could be approached it and it was i don't know it's hard to say yeah now he opened the email by saying that he's experienced a ton of stuff over the years Okay, well, so, I, yeah. I think All right. Yeah, I think he still had other experiences, but I think what he was trying to say is like if it had been the furnace or some random thing in the house, would've he would have heard, heard it, it other times. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, but that was the only I time. didn't I didn't think about that. Yeah, that was that was in the yeah. opening. I'd love to hear about some some more of your experiences if you want to send another email and yeah, give us some more for details. Sure. I mean, that way we can like, also kind of piece those together. I I think, I mean, I think that is a big thing, though. It's experiencing something like that that leaves that much of a lasting impression, I think, is uh, it ultimately, like I said, it just it allows you to basically open that doorway to something far more. Something could be far greater, too, you know? Yeah. And even life altering or, you know, weird rift in your reality that causes you to just think like, completely different the rest of your life um if nothing else so yeah i think it seems significant to me just because he's still thinking about it Mm -hmm. and like the way he put that that like how did he say it he said that he still thinks about the feeling of that moment when he lays down to sleep at night yeah like 30 years later how do you sleep bud right (laughs) that's does it just like play louder and louder and louder in your head till you fall asleep right it's pretty gnarly because yeah i mean that's like things that are that obvious 
that i mean that just just the knocking like and again i keep going back to just the, my experience the other night yeah was so clear so loud that i mean it sounded like it was coming literally from my front door imagine this i mean across the hall from you coming from the opposite side of a closed door yeah yeah i would say that would that would stick with you for sure that's scary shit yeah without a doubt (laughs) yeah i'd love to hear more you know see what else he's kind of experienced maybe after that yeah you want to uh give us a reading from the old yeah dark village yeah yeah so i'm gonna be reading one called brother by lauren hellickson again from the dark village anthology Neglected grass crunched under his light footsteps in an attempt to reach the abandoned building's door unnoticed. Who builds houses around these things? He whispered with an eye roll. His tone clearly meant to place blame on the audacity of the sleeping neighborhood surrounding this evening's destination. Jordy Evans had been sneaking into abandoned buildings for what seemed like years. Ever since he met his best friend Sam two summers back, They had been exploring local derelict spots together to bond with the little breaking and entering, discovering abandoned halls and provoking any spooky spirits that might be hidden inside in the process. Dude, stop shaking the door. You're making too much noise. Let me through. Sam was the lockpicker in the duo, and though younger than Jordy, seemed to have an answer for everything, with the skills to match. Sam revealed when they met that he was a runaway, so he was on his own and always seemed to be in a state of nervousness, conducting himself with a sense of urgency. The assumption was made that his behavior was out of fear of someone coming to find him, which would result in their friendship being no more. Since Jordy firmly believed he was surrounded by idiots, to best protect Sam, he swore himself to secrecy about their friendship and Sam's existence in his life. Bro, I can't stand my mom anymore. We should hit the road together. You'll be hitting the road in a different way if you don't be careful, Sam chortled. You don't want what happened that first summer to happen again, do you? Seriously, you know that wasn't my fault. And look, you're fine. Plus, we would have never have met. Yeah, because you could have broken your neck if it weren't for me breaking your fall. Sam set up his latest ex-spirit, meant, as he playfully called them. Oh, another trade he seemed to know everything about. By lighting candles and pouring some oily liquid on the concrete floor. He handed Jordy a piece of string and told him to tie a knot. With a chuckle and another eye roll, knot in hand, he knew he had to humor his best friend before they could get busy with the real fun stuff. Don't start a fire with all those candles, Merlin. Nah, been there, done that, I survived, Sam laughed. Okay, on to the fun stuff. Sam went to his pack and pulled out a folded up piece of what looked like cardboard. As he unfolded it, a teardrop shaped piece of plastic fell to the ground and Jordy picked it up, flipping it over in his hands. You can't be serious. I am. Come on. It'll be spooky, he said with the corresponding spooky fingers wiggling them in Jordy's direction. On the dust clad floor of the long abandoned factory, the two friends took their seats opposite each other. In the flickering candlelight, the only sounds that could be heard were the unsettling scrapes of their seats. Lingering smells of fuel and smoke filled the hallways, lending a grimness to the atmosphere. Fingertips on the jagged planchet, unexpected movement began. 
S. Is that you? No, dude, shut up. A. M, they said in unison, looking wide-eyed at each other. Come on, that's you fucking around. Shh. Sam adjusted in a seat, becoming more focused than before. N. O. T. M. E. Sam tore the planchet from the board with a smirk. Gotcha. You dick, I knew it was you. Nonchalantly, Sam knocked the nearest candle onto the board, allowing it to singe and burn while Jordy rummaged through his bag for the night's other planned source of entertainment. With a four-pack of energy drinks and a few cans of spray paint, the boys set about their typical antics. TV show-style provocation, tawdry vandalism, and typical teenage debauchery, lasting well into the early hours. At first light, tired, glazed-over eyes guided them in their respective opposite directions until the next planned meet. A pair of shaking hands, withered with age, light a crudely homemade candle on a tile floor. Palms rest on tight, arthritic knees as an incantation is whispered. With the familiar wretch, he leaves his vessel, almost for the last time. The candle tips, but he cannot feel the sensations of the body. His consciousness only half present. He doesn't smell the singeing of the polyester sleepwear. The blare of the alarm retreating into the recess of his mind in this deep, meditative state. You're late for work again? Jordy woke up to his mother's voice in the hallway as his bedside alarm thundered into his temples. He hated how she was always nagging him. I called off last night. We were out late. It's fine. Honey, I'm trying to be patient with you. This is the third time this month you're not going to work. How can I help you? Instead of answering the incessant criticism, he slammed the door in her face and buried his head under his pillow. Within earshot, he heard his mother on the phone. I just don't know what to do. He keeps staying out late and I just keep thinking about that missing boy. He still hasn't been found. Cheryl, I just couldn't live with myself if... Okay, this looks like a perfect spot for home base. Jordy unloaded the backpack in which he had been collecting various pieces of suggested equipment and over the years. Can we try a new method this time? The duo had found Silvercrest Asylum on a whim through the GeoFind app Sam said he had been playing on his phone. The game dropped you somewhere in the world, and through Street View maps you had to guess where you were. When he had found Silvercrest, he googled it and realized it was only a two-hour drive away, settled deep in the woods. Perfect for some epic spirit stalking. That app sounds fucking awesome. So there is a... There was an app, but why can't I think of it right now? Um, Called Random... Oh, Randonautica. So it used used geolocations. And you had basically... um, so you would open up the app and you would like kind of like plan what you wanted to see or how you were feeling. Yeah. It's going to be exciting or fun or sad or whatever else. And it yeah. would find these random locations that would basically match with your, you know, what you were wanting to find. And yeah. it would lead people into like some crazy locations, like having to like break it, you know, breaking and entering into places 
or yeah. go into like some obscure like forest in the middle of the forest at like so many you know feet into the forest and they would find like um I've I've watched a lot of videos where they would find either um like random stuff like either uh set up like think of like a baby doll with its head a head taken off and like some random other shit you know like whatever yeah. like whatever all this stuff either even if it was like either just placed there just for show or just to make fe- people feel weird or whatever else or yeah just the fact that it was able to use like these things to really find some gruesome locations um yeah. and a lot of people think like it's used off of like the dark web and a lot of other stuff that kind of goes into it I, d- I don't really know sure i'm not sure of like um, the algorithm or whatever that comes along with it but yeah my wife and i have talked a bunch of times because our youngest is going to graduate high school when we're only 43 so like we've talked because so obviously at this point we're only you know a few years out from that so we've talked a lot about like what are we going to do for the second half of our lives <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah 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 to just do shit yeah and um <laughs> so like we've talked a lot about like maybe getting into like geocaching like just as a hobby like as a as an excuse to travel around like even if it's just in like a small area you know what i mean i always thought that was super cool like yeah i mean yeah right yeah, I I think stuff yep. like that could be a lot of fun. And there's like just with yeah with like technology and the way the way that like GPS is so integrated into everything we yep. do, and now with like shit like Randonautica and stuff like that, like there's gonna be obviously a lot more crazier, obscure things that are gonna come out that are gonna be way worse. But I mean, like, yeah, there was like, I mean, you can just go on Google and search like rando nodding videos and stuff. And I mean, there's some crazy ones. There are also like, there are also some like fun, more lighthearted versions of it too. Like, um, before, so everyone knows about Pokemon Go, right? But before Pokemon Go, Niantic had a game called Ingress. And that's like what they based the engine. That's the engine they used for Pokemon Go. And it was basically just a, a right. geocaching game where like there were two teams and okay. you pick which team you want to be a part of. And like you have to fo- you follow the app to locations and take over points, like take over bases that are marked on the on the map and, and all that. Yeah. And it just like leads you to random spots and like read the plaques you know if it's like a spot where it's like a a monument or something you read the plaque and you like you write something based on the plaque and you can take over the spot and all that so that one's pretty cool yeah yeah there's definitely a lot of a lot of potential for it for sure yeah, a lot I think of cool so too. stuff that could be done. So I think we'll I think we'll yep. continue to see a lot of that as Yeah. You know, especially with AR and stuff becoming a lot more popular and you know, and yeah, I mean 
I think eventually people are going to be using like AR glasses and as like everyday sort of thing. So you're going to be able to go to like these different locations and just see cool shit that people have like set up there and whatever, you know, that you wouldn't see obviously with the naked eye, but yeah, I, I just like the idea of tech of technology that pushes you into nature. You know what I mean? That like, cause a lot of, especially our generation grew up think like being told like you need to go outside instead of sitting on that video game but like now you can do both like one me too us i had a very outdoorsy father so he was he was always so disappointed when i would burn an entire summer playing final fantasy in my bedroom yeah you know what i mean i got that a lot as a kid (laughs) yeah This is the place, Sam explained. It shut down a few years ago when one of the patients started a fire mysteriously. Rumors said it was probably just a nurse smoking on the night shift and she blamed some spooky shit to not lose her job. The looming structure seemed frozen in time. The smells of charred wood, melting plastic, and hot metal clung to the empty hallways. Signs of nature beginning to take its rightful place were prevalent in the cracked tiles, swelling with yarrow and branches bursting through the forgotten opened windows. You know I totally don't believe in all this magic whatever, right? Jordy laughed as they walked through the halls together, lightly poking fun at Sam who was focusing intently on finding the perfect place to set up some kind of altar. Though Sam knew everything about the paranormal, Jordy only cared to know everything about breaking stuff in old buildings. That's no biggie. You don't need to believe in this for it to work. The dramatics were certainly entertaining. Sam had a few instances over the last year where he would become extra focused on a new occult experiment or weird crazy communication technique that never worked and Jordy wondered when he would cut it out. Okay, just a little slice. Of my finger? Just a tiny bit of... Ow, damn, dude. Perfect. But nothing happened. See, dude, this stuff never works. Jordy pulled out his investigative device, a hammer, and started looking around for something to destroy. They stayed for what seemed like hours... Screaming at the top of their lungs, the the provocations Jordy saw in the latest episode of Spirit Exploits, his current favorite show. It felt great. Jordy couldn't remember ever experiencing this kind of release during one of their usual adventures. He started to feel lighter. A tingle on his skin like something he'd never felt. This clarity had such a calming feeling. Maybe things were going to be okay. He had been a little too hard on his mom lately. He thought about how he really wanted to just go home, talk to her, tell her about Sam and see if he could stay with them. Exhaustion hit Jordy before he even realized it. Sitting down to catch his breath for a moment sent him tumbling into the deep darkness of sleep. Jordy just had a paranormal experience. Think so? (laughs) Absolutely, dude. That feeling of... Just that, that calming sensation yeah. and clarity, yeah. Yeah. I think so. That's some fucking mushrooms shit. <laughs> like, he had a yeah. fucking enlightenment just struck See, him. 
that's that's the goal right there we should all strive to hit is enlightenment enlightenment of course like i i think there's there's various methods of reaching for sure and i don't think it all you know i don't think it always requires like mushrooms or some weird you know like you know whatever doesn't have to be psychedelics right but you know i mean i think that obviously opens up your mind and you know makes you a lot more susceptible right um but yeah it's the quickest way to it i think think it probably probably is i've never i've never gotten to experience it so i'm not sure yeah it's It's, uh yeah it's pretty magical i mean that's what i've heard uh, literally from many 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 people and like just the studies on even like microdosing and stuff just seem very like very appealing you know just the idea of like just trying to hit that weird that state of just yeah so it sounds awesome yeah it's time to wake up the soothing voice lulled him back from the darkness of rest mom no it's dr mave you have a visitor today sam blinked the sleep from his eyes looking around his room in a haze Everything seemed brighter, cleaner. Where the hell was he? He went to rub a headache from his temples, but his arm wouldn't lift past his waist. While trying to shift his muddled gaze to his wrist, he felt a heavy but subtle pain settle over his body. What is happening? Where? Orderly, let's get Sam ready for his visitor today. The doctor said with a calming smile as two men rolled a high back chair into the room. Sam, realizing his wrists were restrained with buckled straps, tried to recall the last thing he could remember. Why am I here? Where's Sam? Where's my mom? The doctor snapped her fingers and pointed nonchalantly at Sam. Sedation. Just his daytime dose. He has someone coming in in about an hour. Be mindful of those burns. They need rewrapping. His panic became liquid, and then all he saw was darkness. Blinking away the dim, Sam awoke sitting in front of a mirror. No, that's not right. He wasn't smiling, but it was him. Right in front of... Hey, Jordy, Sam whispered through Jordy's mouth with a wink. Jordy still couldn't speak as his sedative hung loosely around the muscles of his face and vocal cords. Thank you, brother, for not believing in any of this. Sam stood as he slid an old box of matches across the table. It had taken the being Jordy knew as Sam, but other humans throughout time and space knew as Ego, a little longer than usual to stabilize astral projection in that body. It took longer to stabilize it in a way where he could interact with the world outside the thick walls behind which they'd been confined. What would have been a full human lifespan complete with the much-needed destruction, pain, fear, and death that was welcomed by these creatures, had been reduced to only a few precious years before being subdued and imprisoned. Why this behavior is both perpetuated and punished is what made these creatures so delicious to him, so satiating. Though this cycle was brought to an end before they would have liked, Securing the -the around-the-clock meds indeed proved so very helpful. After being transferred to the new Gold Crest, an institution that sounded a lot nicer than the dangerous but anesthetized criminals held in its walls, and where Geordi now resided, 
they were able to sink deeper into a state of projection, extending their reach in order to find a body at just the right time. Freshly uninhabited and still warm, they never thought they would nab two in one night, a body to animate and a body to befriend, who would eventually serve as the new permanent host. Kismet. When Jordy had fell on the young man a few summers back, he had severed his phrenic nerve, something that typically results in respiratory failure, but an injury that's clean enough for Ego to slip in and take the reins. They liked the youngness of this body, and would have been happy to keep it, but taking over completely required time, patience, and consent demonstrated by a series of ceremonial tasks to create anchor points. Knots to complete the tether and then transfer consciousness. Ego made their way toward the door. They would be more careful going forward, more creative. After all, they had a mother to go home to now. Jordy screamed in the direction of his old body, his life, and barely felt the prick in his arm from the syringe. There, there, Sam. Let's get you back to bed. Someone take these matches. We can't have another Silvercrest incident now, can we? How fucking cool. Right? Yeah. No, it's, uh, really takes a turn. <laughs> yeah, what a novel concept. Yeah. Which, I love that. Like, yeah. it's that, like, whole in-between that all, that all this has been basically, like, taking place, right? Yeah. Which is awesome and such a cool concept. Yeah. Not at all what I was expecting. No from the story no not at all and yet so so satisfying it really like, is i just oh i love i love those like twist endings that like most people like it just kind of pisses them off or like they're like oh you know like why would you do yeah. this like i'm just like i live for it so yeah, i'm just like oh yes you, like, you could have not have done that more perfectly yeah and yeah no, that was that was great well 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 maybe done. it's Maybe it's just a month straight of of reading chat GPT stories. Right. <laughs> but like I am so enamored with the idea of the good guy losing. Yeah. Agreed. I mean it's you know? it, it feels so satisfying when that happened. Yeah. Like that you yeah. can't win you can't win them all and you can't save everyone all the time. You can't even win most of exactly. them. Exactly. Be I mean, realistic. to be honest. Yeah. It's and yeah. this, I mean, this is this is beyond you can't win. You're just fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely fucked. Yeah, I dig oh, it. Man. I dig it. That's that's super solid. And it's gonna be awfully hard for him to uh stumble upon a freaky Friday moment while he is sedated, strapped to his chair. Right. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. Man, how gnarly. Yeah. I dig it. Thank you. Thank you for Yeah. A well well-written story absolutely i don't even know what to say about that one it's just like i almost feel bad that i found it so satisfying i mean i don't <laughs> you know what i mean it's, it's a tragic it's tragic for the protagonist is, you know what i mean the but same like, time, like it's, it was a beautiful turn it was it was and again yeah. very very well written to not just like not give anything away beforehand yeah, and I mean, in the whole, the whole throughout the story, you're not thinking this possibility of this even being a thing. Yeah, no, you're just talking about the friendship between two good buds. Exactly. 
I do love the one tiny bit of foreshadowing that you don't realize is foreshadowing until later, where he has him tie a knot. Yeah. You know? And all all the little and the little mention where he's like, you don't have to believe in this for it to work. Right. Like yeah. I'm getting you. It doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. Yeah, that's fair. Man. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, I it's it. not a giveaway at all. Oh, not at all. Yeah, that's what makes it so nice is that you don't realize those are are moments of foreshadowing mm-hmm. until you're already past the turn. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, love it. All right, well, uh, where do we go from here? Uh, we are going to go to another listener story. Okay. All right. All right. This one again, anonymous. the uh, The email was titled "A Few of My Experiences." Well, thank you, anonymous. Yeah, you know who you are. If you don't, you will soon, <laughs> or something. <laughs> I don't know, Jordy didn't even know who he was. (laughs) Recently, I've had a couple of strange experiences at home, so I thought I'd list what strange encounters I've had over the last few years and wonder if you've heard of anyone having had anything similar. Bit of backstory. When I was young, I was intrigued by ghosts and stuff, but as I got older, I realized there's usually a reason behind certain encounters, and I find myself more of a skeptic these days. Anyway, first off, when I moved into my new house, we borrowed the in-laws' stepladder for curtains, pictures, etc. After using it, I stood it up at an angle against the wall, and during the night, I heard the ladder open and close again. Fell back to sleep, and remember it, and didn't remember until I woke up the next morning. That's the first one. <laughs> Just the ladder opening and closing. Yeah. Which is kind of weird if it's like a an actual like heavy ladder. Oh yeah, you know, right? Like, that's not really a thing that would happen I on mean, its no. own. Not, I mean, unless maybe the latch was like you know, I I don't know, I don't know how you'd explain yeah. that really. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I mean, I could get it. I could see it falling open, right? But not closing again. I mean, you unless I mean? like the, it's like spring loaded, so it's like when it falls, it bounces, and then it's you yeah. know, interesting, yeah. maybe. The second one was probably a year later. I was half asleep. I sleep I sleep front down. I was half asleep in the bed and felt somebody run across the bottom of the bed and over my legs. Uh-uh. I quickly yeah, I quickly spun around and obviously nothing was there. That's pretty fucking alarming. That's worse than the ladder. Oh, much worse. I like how he said he felt somebody like a person right. <laughs> run across the bottom of the bed. Like, that would completely jostle everything oh, yeah. on the bed. Like, it's not like feeling a cat run across the bed. I mean, unless you have, like, like one of those beds, which mine's supposed to be like, you can still feel on the bed, but, you know, it's like, yeah. here's a wine glass, and here's somebody jumping <laughs> yep. on the other side of the bed. Nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Yeah, that's not, that's not a thing. That's hilarious. Not long after that, I was in the bathroom, It's downstairs, just off the kitchen, and I heard my partner walk down the stairs and stand in the kitchen. Then there was silence. I went out to check what she was doing, but she was in bed still. So I set my iPad up to just record a video and went back into the bathroom. Came back out a few minutes later, and nothing on the video, but the audio was just really loud static. Okay. I mean, interference, electrical interference. Yeah. Especially now when people's homes are just full of random electronics. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the hearing his 
partner come down it's and go into the kitchen. It kind of reminds me of your shower story where you heard the shower yeah. turn on and all that. And Literally then, also heard, yeah. hey, Google, play you know, music. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that mimicking shit, too. Yeah, me too. Ugh, I don't like that. That's not welcome here. More fucking You're not welcome shit. here, mimic, mimickers. Yeah. Mimics. Mimickers. I like that better. Mimickers. Mimicists. You mimicist. <laughs> then yesterday, falling asleep in bed, I felt somebody physically punch me right in the center of my back. Damn. It was a very strange feeling being half asleep and in bed than having my back hit like that. <laughs> yeah, that would like literally take your breath your your breath. Your breath from me. <laughs> <laughs> take your breath from you. <laughs> it really would. Yeah. Being hit in the center of the back not would knock the wind straight out yes. of you. Yeah, that'd be intense. Anyway, these are the strange encounters I've had at home. Have you heard of anyone having similar experiences? It's not constant or even regular. We've been here for over five years and this is it. I'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, that's some weird shit. I would say you should probably move. Yeah, that's some like... uh first step polter- poltergeist I mean, yeah like but being physically hit i mean that's yeah. that's uh that's that's something you don't want there bud yeah so for sure. reassess your living situation maybe see if your partner doesn't mind moving and then you should consider yeah. moving i would my advice is before <laughs> i'm not, I'm not being 100 on- serious i'm sorry i mean obviously moving is yeah not a bad idea but but that's not always a lot of us yeah yeah especially right now right um but like the go back and and like take the advice we were giving early on to the person who wrote in about the shadow figures like try acknowledging it positively yeah first try to like engage with it positively and if that, you know, if that doesn't work out, if you have more experiences or if you have nothing, try ignoring it. Yeah. Do a cleanse. Like, do a cleanse to yeah. promote positivity. Like, yeah. I absolutely. mean, first step to recovery. Yeah. Positivity. Admit you have a problem. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Rewriting the handbook over here. <laughs> it depends on the situation, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. When you're dealing with a ghost. A ghastly, ghoulish figure of sorts. In the Campfire Manual, TBA, TBD, something, TB, TB any of them. <laughs> How to deal with the ghastly, ghoulish something or other. 101. First up to recovery. <laughs> awesome. But yes, promo positivity. I mean, do a cleanse. Do whatever you can to like... You know, cleanse any bad energy out. I mean, maybe maybe that's just... There's residual energy in that house that is now getting... You know, like, it's like kicking up the dust, right? After it's settled for a while. Yeah. And maybe that's what's happening. Get rid of the bad juju. Yeah? Maybe just have a sit-down with your house guest and, you know, ask them. Ask them, what is, you know... What are you so down about, pal? What do you need from me? You know? To yeah. make this this co living situation more bearable, yeah, absolutely. 
And all these things, like all these things, maybe you're, maybe it real, you really are interacting, or maybe you're just resetting your mindset. You know what I mean about the whole thing. Sit down and have a conversation with them. Yeah, you know, or maybe talk to your partner. Maybe she's actually punching you in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, some of us are violent sleepers. If so, it's, you know, it might be time to consider separate bedrooms or, uh, you know, therapy for your partner. Or just make them sleep in a straitjacket. Yeah, or that. You could just bundle them in really tightly. There like, you go. Burrito them. Yeah, give them that 90s tuck in. I would like to, I would, I would like you to try that first and then report back so we can correct the campfire how to deal with a ghastly ghoul or something or other campfire yeah. 101 orator magazine <laughs> manual whatever it is uh, pamphlet it's probably just gonna yeah. be like a small disclaimer on our website from here <laughs> <laughs> um regardless now report back let us know your findings I should say, make absolutely certain you have your partner's consent before you wrap her tightly like a burrito. <laughs> but who doesn't love to be, like, tucked Swaddled. in that night? Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. You feel like a baby. Yeah. Just let her know what's going on before you just, yeah. you know, hop on top of her and start restraining her. Sorry, darling, but I just can't take it anymore. <laughs> it's burrito for you. <laughs> burrito o'clock. This is the best burrito that I've ever eaten. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Happy Halloween. That's right. So, would you like to uh would you like to get into your next do another one? Story from I think we just have two, two we're going to read two more stories from Dark Village and then we're going to wrap this puppy up. I think so. Yes. All right. So right. what do you have for us? Next in line is titled Body Box by Sean Proctor. When I woke up and heard the high-pitched ringing, I knew a part of my middle ear was missing. She had stolen the malice or incus, hammer or anvil. I shook my head, but the sound remained, along with the memories of my daughter, Chandra, in our bedroom. Chandra's footsteps padding across the carpet her thin fingers touching my hair and skin, her nails picking through my flesh to touch the organs underneath. That morning I asked my husband, Alan, about a lock for her room. At five years old? Don't you think she's a little young to be able to keep us out? He asked. Alan had one eye on the television, one of those drug intervention shows. His cell phone buzzed. He glanced at the display and tossed the cell aside. I don't mean for locking out, I said, leaning against the wall. My balance had been off since last night. Alan paused the show. He looked at me, probably noticing the worry lines across my forehead, the sadness that sagged the skin under my eyes, and the slump of my stomach. He opened his mouth three times, half-formed words caught. It was jewelry. Try forgiving her. If only for yourself. I swallowed hard. I love her, but... I said, she's stealing again, Alan. Stealing? Parts of my body. 
I thought and picked at the cuticle around my thumb. Things only I would know about. I'll talk to her. Alan picked up his phone and began typing. The day the jewelry had turned up missing, I had tried not to blame her. I had asked Chandra again and again whether she had taken them. I used a sweet voice. One a four-year-old would understand. I explained the difference between right and wrong. That you shouldn't take things that aren't yours. Finally, I begged. You don't understand what they mean to me. They're the only things from my family I kept. She just smiled, wrinkled her upturned nose, and said, No, Mommy. I had found the jewelry in her closet, hidden in a small purple box in the back. I screamed at her then, threatened, shook her by the arms. Alan snapped Chandra up before I could do anything more. Chandra was crying so loudly, her voice disappeared for three days. I would have done far worse had I known what would come later. The first time I noticed a body part missing, we were at a butterfly conservatory. Chandra had been sick the weeks before with a two-week fever that broke overnight, and Alan suggested we take her out, just to relieve her isolation. Chandra knew to never touch the wings, which would remove the chatine, the tiny scales that made them shine iridescent. Alan walked her to a box where chrysalides hung with the next generation of butterflies ready to emerge. The hard mountings looked like tiny shells. They only live for a few days once they emerge, he told us. The butterflies die so soon? Chandra covered her mouth. Fat tears gathered in her eyes. That's not true, I said, knowing that most butterflies lived for weeks. Chandra began to cry. She pushed me away and started to run. I tried to grab her arm, but my leg buckled and I fell to the pavement. Alan helped me to a bench and went to bring her back. I hurt mommy, Chandra asked, stepping from behind an exotic fern. No, I lied. Clasping my knee, pain surging down to my ankle. I felt a strange scar and a hole in the joint. You scared us. A butterfly flew past and Alan's eyes followed its erratic path. He sighed. Chandra's eyes narrowed when she touched the scar. She ran her finger pads along my purple flesh until her nails cut the knotted skin. I hurt mommy, she said. Her gaze locked on my eyes. She licked her dry lips. It felt as if the ligament had never been attached. It had vanished so completely. Of course, Alan didn't believe me when I said my limp was because of Chandra, that I knew from her reaction that she had pulled strands of ligaments from my knee. I haven't eaten much more than a crust of bread or drunk anything stronger than tea in months since she cut a rope of intestines from me, leaving a nickel-sized dent in my stomach. Chandra grew despite eating little of what was offered at dinner. She never touches her fork, Alan said. When Chandra was at school, I sat at the kitchen table. I couldn't walk much further than the bus stop, so I made up logic puzzles to keep my reasoning sharp. 
angels on the head of a pen, one hand clapping. If I screamed and no one heard it, I wondered whether it would make a sound. The night after Chandra cut a nerve from my eye, ruining my peripheral vision, I had to talk to Alan. His eyes, even while sleeping, remained open. The vitreous gel like set gems. In the seven years we'd been married, he had never remembered anything after he fell asleep. It was like talking to his naked inner thoughts. I needed him to have no memory of our conversation that night. My life since Chandra feels compressed. Small house, small desk, small bed, small body too. I calculated that I lost 10% of my weight in the last three months. I sat up, my back to the headboard. Compressed. His voice was raspy, barely a whisper. I can't walk anymore. I'm scared I will lose everything, I said. He took a deep breath as if settling to sleep. She will replace you piece by piece. My heart raced and I pushed my hands against my chest, feeling something odd. An asymmetry under a thin scar. Chandra had plucked a rib from my chest. Was she going to rip out my lungs, fiber by fiber? I wondered. When did you realize that? I asked, but Alan didn't answer. The house was still, except for the endless breathing cycles of my husband and the shallower patterns of Chandra. I limped to her room. For an hour, I sat and watched her, tucked inside the covers, a poisonous butterfly of my own creation. By the dim hallway light, I searched for her closet. I felt the small outline of her special box, where she had hidden my jewelry. I felt an edge, but, but of a much bigger box than I remembered. It had grown heavier. Taking it to the hallway, I found what I had hoped, what I had feared. Inside was a tiny organ, which I recognized as the hammer of my ear, along with the splinter of rib, intestines like knotted yarn, a shred of nerve, and a cut of tendon. Beneath were parts I didn't expect, parts that were not mine. Tucked at the very back were the blackened shards of Alan's seminal vesicles. Our bodies, the parts that were taken, had shriveled like apples left for months in the icebox. Lost to me the way my youth had been. We will both be replaced, I thought. I promised myself then to never confront Chandra. Not to yell or threaten or tell her I had learned her secret. It had become our family's secret. I looked closer, and what I saw made me slam the box and tremble, hoping not to wake the child nearby. A child who had most certainly come again in the night. There, on my intestines, were garlic dust, a drop of olive oil, and petite spiraled teeth marks. Ugh. <laughs> nice. She got a little hungry. Such a fucking gnarly story. <laughs> I mean, you know, she she seasoned that up nice. She did. Uh, just a little bit of garlic, you know, some some oil, just a yeah. 
<laughs> Make it softer on the... Yep. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, That's pretty awesome, though. I like it. But it's, it's like... I don't know. I mean, it almost seems like a metaphor for everything you're... Like, having a child. Everything that you have to basically endure and give up. Yeah. Exactly. Sacrifice. Sacrifice, yeah. Yep. Better word. Not just give up, I mean. And that sounds awful. Um, but, yeah, sacrifice for having a child. Maintaining their well-being, like, you know. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, I mean, that's that's kind of what it screams to me, is just this... This mother, basically, who has had, you know, she's she's dealing with maybe just, yeah, just this depression, everything that, you know, she, she's been going through. And maybe it's, like, reaching a point in her life where she's starting to think back on all these things. She's missing these parts of her that have been taken from her and all this whatever else, right? Uh, maybe I'm yeah. reading into it, too, like, whatever. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's no, how I see No, I it. mean, obviously it's... Obviously, it's supposed to be a gruesome, yeah, you know, for sure. <laughs> story. But like, I think it's definitely allegory for yeah. the the things you lose so. when you become a parent, right? Yeah, and it sometimes it does. You know, people only like to talk publicly about the joys of parenthood, but like, there are times when it feels like you're like parts of you are literally I ripped mean, also, out. You know, think you know of, what I mean? Like, it's right, fucking like, hard. It sucks sometimes. Um, you know, I mean, your 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 body. That's you know the changes your body has yeah. to go through. Different things like that. I mean, yeah, it's literally yeah. ripping you of your previous self into this newer self that you you will become or that you are becoming. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a very like it's a it, again. I'm gonna say beautiful because it is like a beautiful way to kind of put that and a very yeah. gruesome you know manner but yeah. i also i i enjoy that too so yeah same yeah, i liked it a lot me too it's um and like it does sometimes feel like because you you feel like you get older a lot yeah. faster when you have children yeah. i mean i'm sure right I'm, and, I'm sure. and and the older you get the more your body falls apart like literally physically you start falling apart yeah you know what i mean like so yeah i think it's it's an appropriate and horrifying story. I, I agree. I agree. Well done. Absolutely. In addition to going and buying a copy of this book, you should absolutely go and support all of these authors. Go follow them on social media. All that. Because they're all fucking brilliant. Clearly, yes. So, <laughs> every author we read from and... Uh, the women who put this anthology together will have links to their socials in the show description as well. Go do it now. Pause this episode. You don't even have to pause it. Just pa- go do uh, it. Yeah. Just let just, it play. There you go. Why would you pause <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you do it yet? Oh, Congratulations. Boy. Look at you. Well done. Your algorithm you thanks it. you. It's so much better. And now. If you didn't do it, do it now or <laughs> now. Or now. All right. So, what is what is our okay. last uh, our last story of the evening? The last story we're gonna read is called "A Shelter," and it's written by me. All right. So, strap in, everyone. Again, from Dark Village Anthology. Here we go. A shelter. Winter. 
The bitter cold settled upon the city as icy wind swept through the desolate streets, chilling everything in its path. Not too many people knew Samuel, but those who crossed his path mostly thought of him as nothing more than another local vagrant. He had been on the streets for just about as long as he could remember, but this year winter came early. He was unprepared, and on that night, he found himself wandering aimlessly, his tattered clothes offering little protection against the biting chill. Desperate for warmth, having checked all of his typical safe havens to no success, he found himself downright desperate. As a last resort, he ventured into a part of the city where people in his position rarely go. The street was lined with beautiful historic homes. Most windows were dimly lit by bedside tables, or the glow of TVs that he couldn't imagine having the cash for these days. He hoped against hope that he could find a backyard shed unlocked, or even a doghouse big enough for him to climb inside. Anything to block this brutal wind that he shouldn't have been contending with for another few weeks. To his surprise and initial delight, he seemed to have hit the jackpot. There it was, hemmed in on either side by million-dollar homes, what appeared to be an abandoned house. On some level, he knew immediately that this was unlike the slew of derelict properties that, that seemed to be a dime a dozen in other neighborhoods. This place seemed to call out to him, like an old friend promising warmth and protection from the frigid air biting at his fingertips. With a mix of trepidation and hope, he cautiously approached the dilapidated structure. The home loomed before him, its windows shattered, and its once grand facade now crumbling under the weight of nature. His weary body yearned for respite, and despite the ominous aura that surrounded the place, he couldn't resist the allure of temporary solace from the unforgiving cold of winter. He tentatively stepped up on the porch and crossed the fingers on one hand while using the other to push open the creaky front door. He took a step into the desolate house. Inside, a thick layer of dust covered every surface, as if time itself had abandoned this once beautiful space. The only sounds on the air were the distant howling of the wind and the echoes of his oversized tattered boots slapping against the aged maple floors. As he ventured further into the house, the hint of unease that had developed in the front yard began to feel more and more like an impossible weight on his shoulders. He could feel it pressing down on him. He could feel it in his joints. Strange, indistinct whispers seemed to drift through the air, sending shivers down his now aching spine. He wanted to leave. Every fiber of his being screamed it in his head, but it was so cold outside. He could never forgive himself for passing up such a find, just because he had caught a case of the spooks. And so, he shoved down his intuition, the one that had saved him countless times since his life fell apart, and sought refuge in a secluded room near the back of the bottom floor. A bedroom, he thought, though there was no closet. Maybe a parlor. These fancy old houses often had so many rooms that they had to make up new names for half of them. The air hung heavy with an eerie stillness, as if the house held its breath, as if it was waiting for something. But again, his intuition about this place was pushed aside, 
this time by pure exhaustion. He curled up on a thin mattress, his eyes heavy with fatigue. But the solace he sought, as he feared, was not in the cards for him this evening. Any chance of restful sleep was quickly dashed when he found himself living out some kind of twisted nightmare. Haunting whispers seemed to seep from the very walls. His dreams were a harrowing procession of phantoms and grotesque apparitions that clawed at his mind and pressed against the boundaries of his sanity. The shadows around him elongated and contorted, crawling toward him with malevolent intent. The air was heavy and thick. It was suffocating, as if the house itself was closing in, suffusing him with an overwhelming sense of dread. In one long, ragged gasp for breath, he thought he jolted awake, his heart pounding so hard in his chest that he could swear he heard his dog tags rattle. He could taste the salty sweat dripping down his face, despite the frigid temperature of the room. He knew in his heart that this was not just a nightmare. It was this room. It was this house. He had to leave. He had to do whatever it took to escape the clutches of this hell house. He felt the panic overtake him. He dragged himself up off the filthy mattress and jerked the bedroom door open. But as he scrambled toward what he thought was the exit, the house seemed to conspire against him, its corridors shifting and twisting, leading him deeper into a labyrinth of despair and anxiety. The whispers that he thought were in his head grew louder. Haunting cries now echoed through the halls, and the walls themselves seemed to breathe with a sinister pulse. Panic seized his mind as an insane realization, or delusion, took hold of him. This house was not abandoned. It was a creature, a malevolent being that fed upon the souls of those seeking refuge. He tried. He wanted nothing more than to feel the biting wind that he so desperately needed to escape only hours before. Hours? Minutes? Days? How long had he been here? If he was honest, he had no idea. Every corner that he rounded in his frantic search for the front door seemed to unveil another space unfamiliar to him. Eventually, his limbs started to feel heavy, despite the relentless urgency pounding in his brain. His boots were filling with sweat. He had to stop. He leaned against the corridor wall and felt the sting of the cold plaster against his sweat-soaked threadbare sweater. The shock of cold was just what he needed. In a moment of clarity, he realized that he was only around the bend from salvation. He could see the frail shafts of kaleidoscopic moonlight shining through the stained glass transom. He forced his aching muscles into motion and nearly made it to the corner when it hit him. Like a lightning bolt, he felt something that made him think of a giant's hand crushing the inside of his chest. A pressure inside his ribcage he never would have believed was possible. He went down hard on his knees. The impact shot bolts of pain through his hips. He reached out for a wall that wasn't there and fell forward, catching just a glimpse of the open front door before the lights went out. Boom. I guess my my question is, this guy was clearly in a war at some point, right? Yeah. So is a lot of this kind of like just PTSD from maybe just kind of this unsettling feeling of being in this house and thinking that it's actually alive when he's kind of just maybe having some of these feelings and some of these memories kind of coming up as he's trying to defeat like basically just 
freezing. Yeah. I don't know. That was kind of my thought. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's one, that's one interpretation for sure. Because I kind of wanted to leave it open-ended. If this is, uh, you know, for the reader, if it's a ghost story for you, awesome. If it's a story of, you know, mental illness and Which can panic be just and, as scary. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If not more. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Indeed. Does the entity reach in and crush his heart in his chest or does does the panic drive him exactly. to a heart attack? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that was my take. Yeah. Good. Good stuff. Again. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautifully written. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, all, all of these have been just so good. A yeah. nice way to... The whole fucking book is so good, A nice dude. way to end it with one of our very own. Yeah. Thank you. It's a it's a perfect... Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect, like, spooky season yeah. book. Which, like, again, if you haven't went out and picked it up, and the many times that we've told you to, do it now. Yeah. Or now. Yeah, uh, or it. now. <laughs> Honestly, if you watch, if you listen to this show, obviously you like spooky obviously. shit, and you like stories. That's that's what we're doing here, right? So, how could your bookshelf possibly not have exactly. this book on it? Every good bookshelf, deserving as it as it is, deserves this book. Yeah, if you 100%. enjoyed any of these stories. Even user submitted stories, user well listener submitted stories. <laughs> that's uh, that's a different uh, <laughs> yeah, different thing. <laughs> but yeah, if you if you like this shit, yes. get the book for sure because they're they're all that good. If they're, if, I was amazed honestly because I've like I have a lot of anthology yeah. books and. They're usually there are like a handful that make the book yeah. worth buying. You know what I mean? And but Carly and Mallory seriously like curated an insane list of stories. Like it's fucking brilliant cover to cover. It's so good. You heard it here, everyone. Yeah. Do it. I would give it a I I give it a <laughs> ringing endorsement. 100%. And Ignore the fact I mean, that I'm yeah. in it. This whole show is basically <laughs> just a giant advertisement. It's a commercial yeah. <laughs> for a book I'm in. Okay, you got it. But me. still, no, very worth it. Yeah, absolutely. We have, uh, we have before we go, um, something we like to do in every Halloween episode of Top 5 of Something. Yeah. So this year, Always. it is our Top 5 go-to movies to watch every halloween now and for me this was difficult because i i mean i watch a lot of horror and i'm always looking for something new to watch that i haven't watched before and i've i watch i rewatch a lot of shit throughout the year as it is you know i mean there's many times where yeah even movies on my top five list i've probably watched four or five times that same year so it's not always the same, but there are a couple that I do always watch and just because it is that season and just they always make me feel like it's Halloween, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to start off sure. with your number five? Sure. Let's uh let me go ahead and go back to her here. So number five is going to be Hocus Pocus. 
It's uh, nice. I mean, it's a classic. I went to the the drive-in and saw it as a kid. Um, you know, it's uh, it's one that you you have to you have to watch. I mean, it's it is very much family friendly. You know, not your not your as grotesque horror as I enjoy, or not quite as gory yeah. as uh, <laughs> you know, about ninety percent percent of the things I watch. But it is a classic. It is a must watch very halloween movie yeah absolutely that's a. I mean that's a great choice that's like that movie's pure nostalgia exactly. and it just like oozes 90s oh yeah without a doubt everything yep. about it which yeah. is also one of my yeah, favorite decades so yeah what about you my number five is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum from your number All right. five <laughs> my number five fulfills my need for like because in the month of October, there are a few things I go for. So one of the things is I want to be absolutely okay. terrified. All right. That's like fair. a movie that acts like actually scares me. And to this day, no movie fills that that need like The Exorcist. Okay. That's that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good yeah. one. That one gets me every time. And I'm like, you know, you buy the whole seat, but you only need right. the edge. <laughs> <laughs> See that's that's another one of those that I, I I tend to watch periodically. At least I mean I, I don't know if I if I say once a year, but like I, I it's it's there, you know, throughout the year. Yeah. It's kind of like when I need to yeah. fill that link, that that little bit of uh you know, that itch that only literally only the original exorcist can cure, right? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, fantastic though fantastic choice let's see number four uh what's your number four first my number four is it fills the nostalgia need which it takes me back to falls with my dad and that's night of the living dead yeah the og i mean that's that's my favorite zombie movie of all time yeah yep it's i my dad always watched that every october it was like one of his favorites and uh, yeah, I still I still watch I mean, it every and I year. quote very often. They're coming for you, Barbara. Just because it's my it's That's my right. favorite line from literally any horror movie, and I don't yeah. know why. It's just like and one my, of those like you know shit's about to happen, and it's like the calm yeah. before the storm, and it's just it always yeah. just makes me I, I don't know I smile every time I hear it. So my dad used to always like chase my mom around the house saying that because <laughs> yeah. her name is Barbara. So yeah, <laughs> so good. Mm. which in a weird way reminds me of how my older brother used to uh torture me which there was like a event between our bedrooms growing up yeah yeah and he used to like creep up to the vent after we went to bed and he would say we all float down here through the vent (laughs) you want a balloon that's right (laughs) we all float down here when you're down here you'll float too (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome all right what's Um, your number my number four would be halloween the curse of michael myers okay which one is that it was yeah it was the sixth installment and okay. I don't know, there's something about, like, especially the opening of that movie that, uh, well, I guess all the Halloween movies, I mean, they're very, very much Scream Halloween. Yeah, they have that same opening. But, like, yep. for me, when 
when I was younger, that being like one of the first ones that I had seen that I actually like, I remember watching it, watching it all the way through and loving it. And I, and that movie came out in 95. Um, you know, so I mean, that was still pretty, pretty early on, you know, in our childhood. Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean, as I, I didn't see the very first one first, obviously, I mean, you know, that, uh, was much before our time, but, uh, I remember watching that one and just, I, I loved it. I, I, I loved everything it was about and it's honestly, it's, it's one of the worst rated ones too, which is, which is kind of (laughs) sad. Yeah. It's just the it one was, that stuck yeah, with you, for sure. personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I have a lot of bands that, like, my favorite song by them will always be the first one I yeah, heard. Even though, even though yeah. objectively, it's not nearly their best song. Yeah. I have a, a lot of and that. It's a, it's a lot of that. And again, nostalgic, right? Yeah. A lot of, like, shitty EPs that bands put out before they got big that objectively aren't better. But I just love them so much. You know what I mean? Because... That it was the first yeah, taste of that band. It's like what actually got. got you really into, you know, yeah, into them yep. or their music or maybe even that genre. Like, yep, you know, that's uh, yeah. I, I have a lot of I have a lot of stuff like that that I can I can look back and be like, wow, yep. yeah, like listening to it, it, you love it just as much, if not more, because of what it is. And yeah, exactly the connection yep. you have with it. Yeah, for instance. For Coheed and Cambria, I will always be a second stage turbine blade. Guy. That was that's my you know what favorite I mean? Coheed album, like, actually. Yeah. So it yeah, just uh, celebrated. It, it always it was pretty be. recently celebrated. It's I can't remember how many years. Probably twenty years. No, not was it? 20? Yeah, probably it been. But I know it's pretty it recent um, that uh, there was a repressing of it. I know that was done uh, on vinyl. I know this month of October. Uh what is it? Suicide Machines by Rocky Vadalato turned 20 years old. Was it? Was it suicide, How does that make you feel? Suicide Medicine, right? Suicide Medicine. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Suicide Medicine. Which that? Yeah, yeah that's weird. <laughs> I, right? Yeah. I know, I shared it and I was like, this this album is the soundtrack to so many late night drives yeah. with friends. Oh, without a doubt. Like, mm-hmm. man. 20 yeah. years. I mean, wild. That was the same time listening to Spills uh um Sunsets and Car Crashes Sunsets album. and Yeah, like Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, just pure Takes sad boy shit. So much. Yep. <laughs> 100% mm-hmm. sad boy shit. Yep. That was the jam. It was. It was. All right. So let's see. Moving on to number right. three. My number three, yeah. right? All right. My number three. This fulfills the fun. Okay. okay. And that is, and I sort of cheated, but it's the Evil Dead trilogy. Uh, All okay. three of them. Like, I honestly, particularly, and I know it's not your favorite of, of the Darkness, three, but my favorite is course. Army of Darkness because it's just pure it fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a comedy. It's a very fun movie. But it's not. Yeah. It's not the Evil but Dead. But that for first me. Evil Dead is that first Evil Dead movie oh. though is Army of Darkness. If I'm honest, doesn't make it every yeah. October. But that first Evil Dead movie, for sure, 100 percent every e- October. The other two usually get I don't Evil know, Dead one and two are but, periodic 
throughout the year for me every year. Uh, they're two of my all-time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, The Evil Dead is probably my favorite horror movie of all time. Night of the Living Dead being my favorite zombie movie of all time. And then Evil yeah. Dead 2 is a close, close second. So That's intense. Yeah, I mean, because Evil Dead yeah. 2 is like, it's that like nastiness of Evil Dead, but also a nice comedic relief, you know, that they started yeah. kind of going toward. And Bruce Campbell is... Yep. Yeah. Brilliant. So. <laughs> need need I say it's more fantastic. at that point, right? Um so yes, yeah. very, very, very good choice. Yeah. Army of Darkness, I you know, I love it for what it is. Um but yeah. like I said, it's just not evil dead for me. It's just right. a separate yeah. thing for you. Yeah. Okay. Um my What's number, number three, three was Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. And again, this is something nice. I do watch periodically throughout the year or randomly i mean i've probably watched it four times over the last year um because the nightmare on elm street uh franchise is one of my favorite franchises too and i actually just the other day watched freddy versus jason for the first time in a long time uh which was hilarious and i'd forgotten how funny it was but actually how good it is too but like they throw this random lore together that Freddy knows who Jason is and, you know, basically sends him to do his bidding while he's, like, regaining his power. And I'm just like, how does that make sense in that universe? <laughs> they're two completely separate yeah. things, but they're just like, oh, I wonder if we throw these together, if people will like it. They, I and mean, they, they did. did, yeah. They they did. <laughs> yep. Yeah. People 100% packed theaters to it, see that It's movie. as obnoxious as it is, like, it was good. And, like, that battle at yeah. the end is, I mean, as as kind of lame as it is, is also super good at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, which I always had a, I always had a deep admiration for Freddy. Oh yeah, like he was always my favorite of all the '90s horror yes. monsters. Yes, I I just love the nightmare yeah. aspect of Freddy. Like, I yeah. mean, because yeah. all all of these others, like, I mean, I I kind of put Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees kind of in the same category. Because they're both basically these like in unstoppable <laughs> tanks of yeah. you know killing machines, and Freddy yeah. is that at the same time as just he can literally get into your head into your nightmares. He can yeah. transform the way you think, and you know I mean cause you to not want to sleep. Yep. And I love the aspect of micro dreaming and all that stuff too. And yeah. That's why I that's that's why I I'm not a big slasher fan. I'm not a big fan of slashers. Everyone who knows me knows that, but like of the of that genre, the reason I can still go back to the Freddy movies is because the oh, psychological yeah. aspect. And that's it's, what makes it scary, is the psychological aspect of it, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. That it sets it apart. It sets him apart from all the other Agreed. slashers. For sure. That's yeah. All right. We're uh top two. Alright. My number two is very different from the rest okay. of the That's, list. Those are how my top it's, two uh, are as well, so Yeah. It's practical right. magic. Yeah, we've 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 talked about that. Which on, is, uh, I think we did the the witches episode we did. Last yes. year, the year before, yep, yeah, yep. 
Yeah, it's for me. This one is like a cozy yeah, movie. I agree. This is. It's like. It's just cozy. <laughs> it's like it get. I mean, it gets yeah. gnarly. Obviously, like they kill the dude, and you know, he comes back to. There is some scary shit in it, right? But like so much of the movie is just framed in this like small New England town in this fucking gorgeous historic house and with like a a giant herb garden inside it and like it's just the that you know that feeling in the opening of every Halloween movie yeah that you were talking about it's it's that for two hours yeah and and that's something I love like I love like those very quaint you know they celebrate Halloween like it's going on well not going out of style but you know yeah. what i mean they know how to do it right you know and like oh, yeah. the atmosphere the scenery is just perfect it's a perfect drop backdrop for everything halloween themed and related yep. yeah it makes yeah. perfect sense and like you with evil dead i watched this movie probably two or three times a year yeah. at least like yeah that's fair <laughs> that's fair I, I mean, I can't yeah. say the last time I've watched it. It's been a while. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's a great movie. I'll, I'll give you that. How's My number, number two, two? What, is Hell got? House LLC. Um, so my my last two are actually based around haunts. Um, so Hell House is basically about a group of people that are uh, they buy this old. Uh, the Abaddon Hotel um, in oh gosh I want to say it's New York or New Jersey one of them it's, I don't know why okay. I'm drawing a blank but regardless they buy this this old hotel that's supposedly haunted and so they're you know they, they had this old haunt they ended up having to move it and so they find this place really cheap and it's perfect so they're building up this haunt for Halloween and everything's going really well. It's it's just, I mean, it's such a perfect place to have it. And then, when finally they open it up to the public, shit goes crazy. And the ghosts of this old hotel, they're back with a vengeance. And I mean, and it's like, it's, it's all found footage style. And just done yeah. extremely well. Like it's not cheesy. I mean, it's just it looks like um, it looks like you would you would think these people are documenting them building this this haunt. And it, they yeah. did it so well. And it's actually they've done four films now in the franchise. And I believe is it three or four? Uh, I know there was one. There was three. I want to say there was a fourth one, and they're working on now a new one. Um, you know, nice. to kind of finish up the, the franchise, but like, and it gets, it just gets better and better. Like as they progress, there's more that gets uncovered about, uh, about this place. And, um, uh, I, I can't give it away. Yeah. I can't say anymore without like giving a lot away and yeah. Cause I haven't absolutely it. need to like, maybe we'll do it for a watch we could, party. We could do that too. Yeah. It'd be so yeah, worth be it cool. because 
phenomenal, phenomenal franchise. And it's newer horror, of course. Um, but I love yeah. I, I'm a I'm a big haunt fan, you know, like I, I try to go to as many haunts yeah. and haunted houses, whatever else is that I, that I can um, you know, around spooky season. And it's just something yep. that I love and I've always loved. And to be able to take that and turn that into horror and do it proper. Yeah. Is stellar to me. That's a cool yeah. concept. Yeah. 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 I'd love to check yeah. that out. It's well worth it. Well worth it. All right, number one spot. All right, my number one Halloween movie is a little on the nose, but it's the only time I watch Halloween. them. Halloween. <laughs> yeah, the That's original fair. Halloween. Yeah. It's again. I think there's a psychological a psychological aspect to Michael Myers that is missing from a lot of slasher. I mean, yeah, stuff. I agree. It's, and, it's something that's not in like Friday the Thirteenth and. You know, any of yeah. that. He's, I sort of think of him as like a mixture of Freddy and Jason. Cause he is that like unstoppable right. tank, like Jason. But, and of course, he's not invading dreams or whatever. But I think it's like the, especially when you get deeper into mm-hmm. the series, there's this sort of psychological bond between him and yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis's character that like, the story is really told around that bond. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I love that first, that first Michael Myers movie. Oh, is it is. Fucking I agree. Gold. I mean, and yeah, it's, going, yeah, you know, and it, it, like I said, the, you know, curses, curse is probably my favorite Halloween, but I mean, obviously it, it is for, you know, obvious reasons that we talked about, like going back, yeah. I mean, starting, starting from the very first, it's, it's iconic. It's a classic. I mean, yep. It sets the whole. It sets it sets everything up, and like you need that to fill yeah. all the you know all the other gaps. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. On a side note, you know what the first Halloween movie I ever saw was? Which one? The first one in the series. It's embarrassing. H two O. <laughs> yes <laughs> that's the first one nice. i ever watched that one yeah oh man i i watched that probably last <laughs> year for the first time in a long time and i forgot just how ridiculous it, it was is. yes <laughs> yeah 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 it really is i remember my brother telling me like because years later uh my brother and his best friend in high school, Kevin, they were going to watch the first one. And I, I, if memory serves, it was around Uh, Halloween at the time. And they were, they were planning on watching it. And I had seen H2O only. And I was like, those movies suck. Why would you, why would you? And they're like, no, 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 no. Just sit down, like sit down and watch. And I watched it for the first time with them. And I was like, Oh shit. H2O is not no, a great representation really of the Halloween franchise. I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they they try to do those kind of more modernized take on the whole horror and him, you know, them going back yeah. into the house, setting up all the cameras and, you know, whatever else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, it just tries to put that modern approach to it, just to... Yeah, they right. tried to update it. Yeah. And 
terrible, really terrible effect. To. Exactly. Yeah. Just keep it classic. Not at all. Let him come back, wreak his havoc, and yeah. take him out until next time. Yeah. Like get the give the doctor a scene where he gives some ideas about why what's happening is happening, but don't right. go any yeah. farther yep. than that into trying to explain yeah. him. Like Michael Myers is a fucking mystical being. And just leave it at that. I like it. Yeah. So what's your number, number one? Number one is the house is October built. Oh, I've never fantastic. seen that either. There's there's a secondary a second one as well. Both are uh, so good. So it's basically it's it's again around haunts. It's about this group of people and uh, they go across the country uh, during during haunt season and just go to all the most extreme haunts. And there okay. is a very very extreme haunt that's that's known as like the blue skeleton or blue skeleton crew um that you never you don't know where they're at you don't know anything else about them other than you have to basically be invited um to come and check out their stuff so they're going to these haunts and you go into all these more extreme haunts and stuff and they end up and they end up having people like start to follow them and seeing a lot of the same people um as some of these other haunts and like people that just start messing with them, um, and at one point they're basically because uh, they're they're traveling in in an RV, and at one point they're uh, like someone comes in in the middle of the night into the RV, and they're basically all taken to this place that's ran by yeah. that group, um, and it's yeah. like supposed to be like the worst, most extreme, craziest haunt in existence. You know, it's like on, it's very underground, very whatever else. Um, and it's just so good. Like I, I, it's one I rewatch. I, I watch it multiple times a year. Um, just because of how much I, I love it. It's probably out of new horror. It's probably my favorite new horror in a very, very long time. Like, yeah, I love a lot of new horror, like conjuring franchise and stuff like that. I really dig. Um, but, uh, sure. there's very, it's very unique. And again, being a fellow, you know, haunt enthusiast and like, that was something I wanted to do for a long time was just start like a YouTube channel and get like the go to go through a lot of haunts and basically just video parts of them and how I felt about them, do reviews and stuff. And then like after, and I had this idea for a long time and then lo and behold there's this they they released a kind of a documentary the fur at first with under the same name and then they turned it into an actual movie and yeah which but so good so good if you've not seen it please watch both of them and you will thank me later it's fine where do we watch them um you know i'm not sure if they're available to stream um right now they used to be they used to be uh actually they're on netflix for a little while um i i know that you can you can buy or rent them on on digital as well uh any on-demand service whatever um just buy buy them on blu-ray like help those guys out (laughs) because they're doing literally the lord's work uh, awesome. <laughs> like I just can't I can't express how much I love the series. 
and just how good I mean, it it's is, number right? one on yeah. your fucking list. So, I yeah yeah, and it's and it. again, it's it's found footage style. I mean, because they they release yeah. it all themselves, and they're all like the actors are playing as as themselves. I mean, it's yeah, it's just so yeah. so beautifully done that you would never even imagine. Um, like even imagine it's an actual movie. For a long time, people thought that it was real. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. Rate the level of gore in the movies one to ten. Uh, and House is October built. Um, yeah. I mean, gore is from the haunts. So you know, going to some gory haunts, of course, like yeah, extreme haunts. They keep them pretty gory. So eight out of ten, just haunts. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I can't really give away anything other than that. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, that's my list. Okay. That's a solid-ass yeah, list. You as well. I think we should probably put both of our lists on our list of potential watch yeah. party movies. Yeah. Again, guys, we uh, yeah. we want to start doing some, some watch parties. Um, I think we have a potential um, coming up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one in the past at this point. <laughs> <laughs> definitely go join the discord because that's that's where we're going to be doing all the watch parties and it's something we want to start doing yes. regularly so we'd love to yeah, have you yeah, join along yeah and it's not always going to be like horror movies we're, we'll also do like documentaries from you know our maybe we'll do like some serial killer docs or some like some documentaries about 14 stuff and yeah oh we will do it all 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 of it will be done we're probably not going to be watching any like pixar movies or anything but unless there's gore (laughs) imagine a gory pixar film i don't know like coco is fairly dark i mean it's it's dark and certainly not gory but it's dark I guess for a Pixar movie it's fucking dark <laughs> but it's also happy and there's lots of singing so that's true. all those movies that's are true. these days so that's, that's it. it happy, happy Halloween. Halloween and that concludes the 2023 Halloween hellscape listener story extravaganza thank you thank you thank you from the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, And you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at reverbnation.com slash reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. 
And remember, campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown.